Hello, everybody. Welcome back. It is Christmas time here at the panel discussion right here on the BICBP Radio Network. I am one of your three hosts, Matt Johnson, alongside Greg Knowlton and Chris Gullo. Welcome, everybody. Welcome listening. Yes, this is our Christmas time episode. By the time it's released, it'll be uh, Christmas Eve, and I hope you're all feeling the spirit. It's been a uh, pretty stressful, hectic uh, time of the year. I personally haven't felt the Christmas spirit just yet. I started listening to Christmas music the second week of November. Did you? <laughs> I really did. If I start too early, it, 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 I lose it. But I've been listening to it more spray, you know, a little more sporadically this past month. But everything's just been so hectic lately. It's like, yeah, a and little it's, bit. It's you know, at the time of this recording, it's five days away. Well, and that's the thing. It is Thursday, and, and I consider this right now the official beginning of my Christmas festivities. Do you? Okay. So, yeah. So like, it's it's going to be like then I is this what was happening there? <laughs> no, I get little notifications that oh. keep coming up. Don't I thought a Christmas song you? was about to happen. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's what I thought. I was like, Santa. I, I thought we were going to start caroling on the air. <laughs> But no, yeah, I mean, this is to me the beginning, and I'm glad I'm starting my Christmas festivities with you guys. And Likewise, man. We all got Likewise. some fun books, and it'd be uh, interesting to. It's a talk good time, about. very good time. Here, man. I actually want to bring up something. Sure. I don't know if we were going to do a topic or whatever, but instead of the news, because it is a Christmas episode, best superhero comic book themed toy you ever got for Christmas. Boom! Hey. Putting you on the spot. Oh, that is a great question. I got to think about it because I'm. Man, I can't remember many of my younger Christmas. Maybe just a top couple ones. I'll start off. So when I really was getting those toys, it was the Amazing Spider-Man era, yeah. or the TV series. Yes. And I have, and I still have it. I got to look. I still have it, I believe. I have like a two-foot-tall Hobgoblin. Oh, that's dope. Do you remember when they were releasing those toy businesses coming out with those? Yeah. About a two-foot-tall uh, two Hobgoblin. I got the Daily Bugle that... That uh um went out into like a an a fighting area yeah into New York City I don't have that anymore unfortunately oh. um and then I actually this is my my favorite Spider Man I ever got was the uh metallic Spider Man that's in like Ooh. the like the last episode of the cartoon where when he go the when he visits all the Spider Verses yeah it's like the armored Spider Man with the silver I love silver yeah. Spider so the, the, those those were some of the coolest like comic book uh you know theme ones i also yes so i'm going through my toys because i've kept a lot of them i can't believe how many george clooney era batmans i had that's because incredible. that was that had to have been a big toy movie even though oh, people crap on the movie the toys they released for that i have the hydraulic one which is really cool the hydraulic george clooney batman no it, kidding it visually was a cool looking movie it was very 2000s but it was very yeah. or late, or late 90s, 90s yeah. it was but it was very cool looking but i remember getting though they are some cool toys and those are some of my favorite christmas gifts that i got okay superhero toy wise it, when i was a kid i know. got a lot I, you know i have to say a lot though, and i still have some of them down there uh, i mean those aren't the original ones that i had but those 10 inch like x-men figures what one that i used uh, last week on our uh, toy showcase, that you know, I used to get the Cyclops. I used to get that. I used to, that was my biggest haul of superhero toys. And what my favorite thing was is I'd get this big haul, and then that night or the next day, you know, still off of school, I'd go and I had this big old superhero toy where I'd do like Marvel vs. DC. Uh, but the 10-inch, you know, Toy Biz Deluxe action figures were some of the ones that I got. Um, I remember getting a a car. Oh. Uh, it was a X Men. It was a six pack. It was the new eight newer X Men. It was uh, Thunderbird, Colossus, Banshee, 
oh, Nightcrawler. Thunderbird makes me excited right there. I know. Dude, he was so cool. Uh, Christ, I can't think of the other ones. Just like uh, might have been cool. Storm. I think Storm might have been That's a cool maybe. Pack. More they were pushing Morph around there too, because I got a Morph figure, I think, at Christmas time too. Was it Morph? <sighs> Did my mic no. cut out? Or can you hear me? Oh. No, I can hear you. Um Christ, I can't think of that last one. But I took them. I played the shit out of them. I actually have behind all those boxes over there is um, a six pack or it's a five pack, it, just shaped just like it, and it's the original X Men in their costumes. I oh, got. I found cool. it at David Adams. That's really cool. Um, but yes, that, that six pack is one I finally remember because I could not wait to get that thing opened up because I was like, holy shit! You know, they were really detailed action figures, well articulated, and. They, you know, they lasted a long time. Like, the Colossus one was, like, one of the coolest ones I've ever seen. But really well detailed. Uh, Greg? I can't... So I'm trying to think. I was kind of, honestly, a little bit of a spoiled kid. <laughs> I can't lie when it came to action figures, especially um, having an older brother who has also got, like, all of the the amazing Spider-Man figures and, like... Um, animated Batman series figures and all that. I got a lot of his stuff once he got sick of playing with it. So I have like I had played with all of those things. I had gotten those things. I know we had like the the teenage. I guess it's not totally comic book, but it kind of is. The teenage mutant ninja turtle figure from the movie where they're wearing like the the trench coat. We had those. But I do remember, so my brother, when he was younger, was super involved with the Leukemia Society because he had it when he was a kid. Right, right. And one of the Christmases, we had, they have like a big Christmas party, and they asked the parents like what the kids like. And it was right after the, the first X-Men movie came out. And oh, wow. The, the society like gave all the kids figures. And even though like I wasn't one of the actual kids like involved, for whatever, we had been involved with them so long, they got me a gift too. And I got this, like, it was almost like a Wrestle Buddy is the best way to explain it. Like, Hugh Jackman Wolverine. And when you hit it, it it did, like, all of his lines. And it, the first line it ever, I remember to this day, was the, I'm the best there is at what I do. Oh. And, like, it was the, it was, it was, it was just Hugh like, Jackman it was saying Hugh it? Jackman. It was Hugh Jackman's voice recorded. And it was the weird, like, the black suits that they had in the first X-Men movie. Because he never said that line in the movie. No, but it was totally like they... Dude, was, that's awesome. And it was a Wrestle Buddy that like, style. Cool. It was... Probably got cut, I'd imagine. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which is crazy to think, you know, if, if MCU had that movie. Has he said that? No, he's never said that in any of the movies. Um, ever. It sucks. <laughs> it, doesn't it? Like, that's his line. That's his go-to line. Because I think they try to humanize him more. Yeah. Oh, but without I a doubt. I He better say it when they redo it. What is it? Showing you. No, I was just showing Chris uh, these pictures. Um, a friend of ours, Art Bailey, um, his brother has a giant room full of Spider-Man toys. That's what that and was. That was that Daily Bugle I had. Yeah, that's what I, I figured. And it came with Rhino. Yes. There yeah, he it is, came yeah. with Rhino, which I thought was pretty cool. He has, he has like every single Spider-Man action figure I, ever. I'm jealous of the Vulture because I could never find the Vulture. This is, you know, growing up, being a superhero fan and KB Toys being around was the greatest thing ever. I loved KB Toys. I think we talked about the rack of just Marvel figures, and that's why I got some obscure ones. I have Psycho Man, and I don't know why what made me buy. Psych- I got a Moon I have the Wizard as well. I got a Moon Knight yes, before yeah. he was popular because I, I thought it was Spawn. <laughs> but yeah, I have like the Wizard and Psycho Man and 
Oh, just some weird ones. I had KB Toys and Toys R Us right next to each other. Oh, Toys yeah. R Us, right, uh, the Summit Park Mall in Wheatfield, when it was a mall, it was, they had their own huge building. And then inside, uh, the, inside the actual mall was they had a KB Toys there. So it was like just double like head explosion of, yeah. of action figures, and really good stuff too. And like. I don't know if it's just because it's when I grew up in and, and I'm a grouchy old man, but when you go and look at the newer toys, I just don't get the same vibe. I'm no, like, these not. are less articulated, um, way more expensive. They're also made for collectors, too, yeah. it seems like. Because it's like, yeah, oh, so, buy Yes these and five no. Things. Some of them. Um, I mean, you look at like the 10 inch figures, figures now. You know, they just released a bunch for Infinity War, but they had like. You know, they had. They're I less articulated those. compared to stuff like that. There's a lot less detail, but they cost more. Um, which is a little bothersome. So I, I just don't get that same vibe. Like, I well, can, the Marvel Legends. It's like, what kid is gonna? Oh, I yeah. need every single figure in this run, right? So I can put together. The and who's thing, gonna thing, open foom. those boxes? Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. So like, uh, I mean, but yeah, I don't get that same same vibe either. But I, I think KB Toys and Toy Biz not doing this part to do with it. Oh, yeah, and, I, and like a lot of them, honestly, looking like just looking at like the the figures we had and the pictures we just were looking at. A lot of the new toys are based off the movies, and honestly, like, I prefer the ones that look like the comic books. I don't know why. Yes. Like, that more cartoony feel, the less realistic feel of the toys. It might just be because of the era we grew up in. Um, the, the Ninja Turtles had, the, the, I think, probably the best toys. Oh, for the movies those, especially. Yeah, those were because they still looked true to the cartoon. I had yeah. so many. I think my mom just th- literally, and I, I oh, to this day, gives me a headache. I, I was looking at, like, this list of like toys that are worth something now. Oh yeah, and they were in a bin that my mom just threw away like six months ago. Oh, some oh, some of the Lord. stuff like I just it blows my mind. I was like, crap, I let that go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but one other thing with KB Toys that we didn't mention: not only did it have the Marvel wall, at least the KB Toys over on Delaware across That's from the Marvel to. wall was the McFarlane wall. Yes, and it was like. McFarlane's toys, they, they're, they, he still makes them, but they're harder to find. Like I know you were posting some of the football. I got toys, a lot of football ones, yeah. But like his like Spawn figures, he did some sweet D and D. I have some figures. of the fo- the football ones he did. To my stepdad actually has like Jerry Garcia and Alice Cooper. Yes, he did the run of the rock stars. Yes, the, the, which are pretty you got to check we... out uh, Rising Sun at the Eastern Hills Mall. That's where I got all all those from, and all the ones that I'm doing for my contest that, on the two point one. Andrew Luck is awesome, and that people is really can't cool. see it at home, but it's pretty cool. It's, kneeling the down. Johnny Unitas one over in the corner too. I really like that one. That was that was an expensive <laughs> That's one. A By the way, on the yeah. clock, <laughs> you found another Jay Cutler doll. Yes, right across the hall from it. I was like, I gotta get this. It's a collection now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so one day I was, uh, so I have the skill, and we'll tell the fans we're having fun. It's a Christmas episode. I have the skill that I am yeah. very good at the claw machine when I am hammered. <laughs> like if Is I'm that sober, your I struggle with the. But when I get drunk, and like literally a couple months ago, my wife picks me up from 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 a party. We go to the tops because she wanted to get ice cream or whatever. I say, I'll stay here in the claw machine area. And she comes back out, and I have two stuffed animals. She goes, what is happening? And it happens every time. But one day, it was after a Bills game. I was pretty pretty toasty. And I win this uh, Jay Cutler, which I thought was painted man because I was drunk. <laughs> and then I go, like, it's Jay Cutler. And then 
Matt becomes his has his love affair with Jay Cutler. <laughs> Still and, do it. It's never uh, ended. And I was like, I got to get this to him. And it was like a long process to get it to him, but it happened. So you have a Broncos and a Bears one now. You need, I need a Miami Dolphins, Dolphins well, one. See, they're you, pro- that's when he was like highly regarded yeah. as a human being and as an athlete. I I hope you can find a Dolphins one. I feel like they didn't make one. With a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> But what's great about I can the, custom make it. Well, what's great about the Broncos when I gave it to him is, is every team he plays for has orange in it. So yeah. it's just the universal color. Oh, yeah. so on. I didn't even think of that. Man, we really went off tangent. Yeah. <laughs> I love having, it. It's a Christmas episode. We're having fun. I know we are. I love it. I love that. I honestly, like, I think the more off tangent we go, the better it is. <laughs> it really is. It really is. I mean, this went from Spider-Man toys to Jay Cutler. Like, that just shows you how great it's he like is. Gullo's superhero identity, the drunken claw. <laughs> hey, man, let's go with it. The drunken claw. So good. You, you, you want that stuffed animal? Get me a little hammer. We'll get it. <laughs> and he got, he did not let me down. We're going to a Christmas party this weekend. Take me to a claw machine after you Oh, see. the claw machine at the Christmas party is dope. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> It's a, they got a cool claw machine. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> too good, too good. All right, you guys ready to get into this? Yeah, let's get into <laughs> it. Let's get what into are it. we doing again? <laughs> I, t- I don't. I think we read comics here. I don't know if it's a football show, a toy show. I don't know. Uh, who wants to start off? You know what? I'll start off. This oh yeah, week. you never. Oh, it's start. new. Yeah, Matt usually is our closer. I tried to, but. Uh, I think my second one will end us on a good note, but I'll start us off on a meh note. I like how you two, like, you're rocking the Angry Birds hat. Gullo's got an elf hat and a sweet sweater, and we're not even, like, live. No one can see. I've Santa Claus riding I thought about dinosaur. going live, but I, I, I just... I just look like I'm going to go, like, beat up someone's boyfriend or something right now. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or you just look like a, a young version of Big Josh from WCW. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> When we're done with this show, i got to show you a funny shirt. Oh, God. All right. So um, <laughs> this book was actually sent to me when we first started the show, all the way back in September. Um, of Chris Chavez, who pretty much runs the network, the BICBP Radio Network, uh, it was sent to him, and he doesn't do a comic book show anymore, so he sent it forward it to me. And um, it's actually by a Buffalo artist, and let me bring it up. Um, here, I'll read the press release. I don't know if this... Uh, okay, coming to Kickstarter September 18, 2018. So it may have done it. So this is this may be the first uh, first time it's been read. But Ben Grisanti, um, who's apparently a uh, local, cre- local writer, actually, um, is the one who is heavily involved in this. So it is called Secret Santas. Oh, you stupid pop-ups. Luckily, they don't come through on the podcast. Um, it's called Secret Santas, and uh, it's an interesting book. It's set, it's set in the Reagan 80s. That's that's the background for it. Um, it starts off with a guy. He's sitting on a chair talking about how the holidays, and you know, there's a lot of pressure to get just the right gift and, and, and all that. He's got bloody knuckles, so right off the bat, I'm a little confused. But they refer to a gentleman. Um, he's like narrating it, and he re- narrates the whole story. He's talking about this gentleman uh, called Jeff, who was a happy salary man, doing well at college. He got a good job and stuff. He was a role model American, you know, just a just an all around good dude. And he was in a relationship with a woman called named Christine and her son Alan, who uh, the only way he felt he could make 
this Christmas good and finally bond with this kid is getting him the new the turbo drive system, video game system. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Turbo Man. I know. That would have been a sweet, sweet swerve on that one. Uh, I need Turbo Man. <laughs> uh, yeah, video games were hot, and this was the leader of the pack, and it's like, yeah. like the advertisement, it's, it's kind of funny, but, you know, it's that was like video games in the, you know, the 80s. You like, Nintendo came out, you had to have it. You know, it was the hot new thing. You had to have it. Um, so this guy is like, you know, I don't make a whole lot of extra money, uh, Jeff. And he's like, I, I got to figure something out. I got to make this work. So to make Christine happy. So, uh, so a guy, a coworker tells him, you know, there's this place that does the secret Santa thing and, and whatnot. So, uh, he's daydreaming. He goes, man, this is going to be the best Christmas ever. So he goes to the secret Santa meeting and it turns out it's some kind of like pervert anonymous, Thing. Like, it got really weird for a second. Like, I was a little taken aback. So, uh... I was expecting, like, Underground Fight Club. I, that would have been... I, I would have probably appreciated that more. Um, but it, it, he's sitting next to this weird guy, you know. Uh, he, he goes... Some of the dialogue here. So, yeah, this is new, huh? And the, the weird guy's like, yes, it is indeed. And the new guy was like... Or Jeff was like, so I guess you can get some pretty hard-to-find items at one of these things. And the creepy guy goes, hard to find. Yes, hard to find. The kitties are far, hard to find for me. They are more, like, it was really creepy the way it happened. And Jeff ends up leaving. But this is, like, the beginning of all the shit that's about to happen. Like, I cut it off there. It got really it got really weird. Um, so he's looking around. He's he's, he's seeing all, you know, all these people are doing. And... Uh, <laughs> What they do with the secret Santa... Oh, actually, no, he ends up staying. Excuse me. Um, what they do with the secret Santa is that they draw names out of it, things out of a like a giant like bowl. And whatever they get, if they get that for this group, they get whatever they desire. And his, his note is blueprint for Benson nuclear plant. So he breaks into this nuclear plant and steals the blueprint for it and goes to bring it into this locker. Um, it's, it's quite the little adventure, but um, he breaks into this locker, goes to turn it in, and he has to dig this turbo system out of, like, a dead body. Uh, like, I mean, I'll just show you guys the visual of it. It's really, well, it's hanging off something. Like, it's really creepy. Um, that's why, why I said before the show, it kind of had, like, a Saw vibe to it. Yeah. Uh, the artwork's kind of cool, though. The I artwork's like, really cool. That's why... It's it, a slave vibe. <laughs> it... Because it looks like a happy book. It looks like a Sunday cartoon. Yeah. But now, like, Ginger now when Man. I look at it, and you get, I'm getting like Ren and Stimpy vibes. But um, he he returns it. You know, gives it to this the son-in-law or the or his woman's son, and he's all excited. But you can tell he's like really messed up now. And while they're hugging and celebrating that for what he did, there's a knock on the door, and uh, some cops come and take him away for betraying his country. And uh, the closing scene is, this is crazy too, crazy ending. That guy who is narrating the whole story is looking across at him, at this Jeff guy, uh, who's been, like, gotten like the death. Like he's like hooked up to like some, some batteries, like something like it, like oh. they gave him like a, like shocked him to death. Like, and that's the ending of the book. Yeah. Like, it went super dark. I'm almost getting a Mike Judge feel. 
Yeah. Like uh, Beavis and Butthead like type. You yeah. know Ren and Stimpy, but like oh, that yeah. 90s. No, Butthead, Beavis and Butthead is a good vibe. Like MTV cartoons. Yes. For sure, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was the book. Um, what I got for it, I, I try not to look too much into some of the details. Um, I'm not like offended or anything, but some of it's like really like crazy stuff. Um, but what I looked at it as is a alliteration to how crazy the Christmas season could be. In all honesty, because um, it it does drive some people mad. You know, when you get so involved into it, you want to get the perfect gift for everybody. Uh, you're stressing yourself out. You're you're you know we're broke as it is, and then you you know you're spending all this money on people and. And they may not like it. It, it. it it drives you mad. It drives you mad. Um, it certainly does to me. So, uh-oh. <laughs> they spoil something. Um, so, move along. Oh, no. I don't want to know. Um, so I'm You'll gonna, find out. Oh, no. So, I'm going to rate this book here to the best of my ability. And as you know, everybody, well, actually, if you don't know, uh, what we do is we rate all of our books um, on art, action, story, dialogue, and uh, rereadability. And we rate it out of 10, come up with a final score, and uh, that's a recommendation for you guys. So, in the art department, uh, I liked the art a lot. It drew me in. It it made, it felt old school um, to me. I'm going to give the art a 8. Action. Uh, there was actually there was zero action at all. Um, zero action. So I I have to give it a zero. Uh, story. I like I said I looked at it from an alliteration standpoint, and while it was, uh, you know, very detailed in some cases, uh, you know, it was a it was a decent story, um, and I felt. I just, I just felt that, like that feeling, that Christmas time, like we just said, that it gives it to you. Uh, I'm gonna give the story an eight. Dialogue, not any at all, except for the, it's really the whole book is narrated. You don't get any lines from, from Jeff at all. I'm going to give, uh, but the narrations, I guess we will, uh, you know, we, I guess we can include in that. But the di- dialogue, we'll give a, we'll give it a seven. Uh, and rereadability, would I pick this book up again? Yeah. Yeah, it's a dark take on a comic. I mean, it's not something that I would nor- normally ever pick up. Um, I, I I would give it a six. Not a high score, but um, I would pick it up again. So, 16, 23, uh, 29. 29 out of 50. So, that's pretty much average for us. And that is for Secret Santa's. Um, so yeah, it's pretty much an independent book that was sent to me. So 29 out of 50 for that one. Um, who wants to go next? I can go next. Okay. Cool that, Greg. Oh yeah. All right. So, um, I actually read, uh, from 1995 and my other books from 1995 as well, (laughs) December 1995, but this was, uh, the Batman Adventures holiday special. And this comic was done in the stylings, and it's based on Batman the Animated Series. So, uh, and what it is is it's a it's a assortment of s- short stories, um, and very fun stories to 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 be honest with you. So uh, the first story actually uh, starts out with um, 
you you see there's uh it's the, the December 1st the holiday season has come to Gotham and you know there's a little bit outside you could see kind of Batman waiting in the rain, wings there's a Santa Claus you know uh doing the Salvation Army bell or whatever but then you're in a mall and in the mall Barbara Gordon she's sh- shopping whatever and you see Bullock dressed like Santa Claus and Renee Montoya is his elf oh <laughs> so, so she she's there too and they're obviously undercover, and, and Barbara Gordon sees this. And, and, and uh, Bullock's just chomping down on donuts, and, he, and, and he's burping, and this and that. And and the, the kid, what I love is this one kid sits on Bullock's lap and goes, you're not the real Santa Claus. And Bullock goes, sure I am. Want to see my gunt? <laughs> I don't even know what. I want to see my gun. I'm sorry. Let's say gun. Want to see my gun? Um, yeah. So you want to see my gun? <laughs> and then, uh, so then, like Barbara Gordon's like, oh, I wonder why they're here undercover. This and that. You know what's going on here? And you see this little like kid, and he's being sneaky, right? This kid's in a mall. He's being sneaky. So some little girl sits on his lap, and 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 and. Uh, Bullock's like, oh, what do you want for Christmas? Oh, I'd like my daddy to be home for Christmas. He goes, oh, where is he? In prison. <laughs> and, and he goes, wait, your dad's mad dog Mike McSweeney? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he felt really bad. So Bullock gives her, uh, gives her uh, what, $150? Where did Bullock get $150 from? <laughs> and he goes, there goes my donut money. <laughs> so then, like, Barbara Gordon's still looking around, and she sees this little boy sneaking, like, jewelry under, you know, under his coat. And and there's another good scene, too, where this kid's like, and a pony, and a choo-choo train, and a bag of marbles. <laughs> and at this point, Bullock is sleeping. <laughs> he's, he's legitimately sleeping. So then, like, you know, Renee goes, wake up, Harvey Ron, because they see the little kid stealing the jewelry. Uh, I'm so, I'm sorry. It was like a, it was just like a parent that saw the little kid. So the jury see, see the little kid. He's running away. And who is the little kid? It's Clayface. He actually like turned oh, himself into like dope. a little kid to steal jewelry at the mall. So you know he shows up. So then you see Barbara Gordon. She disappears. Uh, she puts on puts on the Batgirl costume. Clayface is currently going at it with. Uh, Bullock and Renee Montoya, they're shooting him. You know, he's just throwing the bullets back, uh, you know, back at him. And I like this. Clayface goes, so now you know it was me behind the Yuletide shop at Lifting Spree. <laughs> so just a corny little Christmas pun there. And and then uh, Batgirl, like I said, she shows up, starts attacking him. They're fighting then outside the mall on an ice rink, which is pretty cool. Oh, that is cool. So... There's a point where Renee goes, shoot the Santa, and Bullock goes, come on now, because <laughs> like Bullock's dressed <laughs> like Santa, but there's actually a Santa Claus like hanging with reindeer that's electrical, so they shoot the Santa Claus, and it falls on top of Clayface and basically like knocks him out and kind of like shocks him a little bit, uh, so he's gone, and uh, you know, uh, they're like they're looking at it, and, and Harvey like... Uh, uh, she goes, uh, all right, time to roll up your sleeves. Because he's like, oh, it looks like we're done here. She goes, not yet. You got, We have to uh, recover the evidence. 
And then he goes, uh-oh. Or she goes, uh-huh. Roll up the sleeves. And he goes, ho, ho, friggin' no. <laughs> so basically, you're going to have to go into his orifice to take the jewelry and all that. It was kind of a doll theme for being the Batman. Oh, Batman animated series had a lot of that. Yeah. Um, so that one was a fun little one. Clayface is so underutilized, man. Yeah. I, I do that, appreciate his, his villainous. I love that that was not a Batman story. No. That was a Bullock, Renee Montoya, and Batgirl story. That was cool. Yeah. Like, I the first story out of it. Now, this is a good one. Harley and the Ivy. The Harley and the Ivy. This is a really good one. So, it opens up. There's, like, an apartment, and Ivy, uh, Poison Ivy's, com- like, com- like, in there, and Harley Quinn says... You know, uh, she goes, can we at least get a Christmas tree? And my favorite line from Poison Ivy, what? And support the mad campaign of botan- uh, botanical genocide that grips this country every December. <laughs> so just kill- cutting down all the trees. And she goes, aren't you Jewish anyways? And Harley Quinn was like, well, I really like the lights. And and right there, this is 95. You start to see the early seeds of Harley Quinn possibly being a hero and not a villain. I found that weird. I found I found that fun. Interesting. Weird. I found that fun because right there she's like, I like Christmas lights, and you know it's yeah. It, it was probably the first like good girl thing I've seen her do. Um, so, you know, from like going back in the comics. Yeah, because so, I don't. Obviously, people didn't. And I don't think the writers of her character ever intended her to be looked at the way she is today. So I think that's a good point that you no, brought that up. Yeah, she was just made for the animated series as just like an extra henchman for the Joker to have this cool little story with and. Drive a little bit of a back, and she's become. I she may at the end of the day be more famous than the Joker when we're all sudden done. Yeah, yeah, maybe may, it maybe. could we'll be. Um, but so back to the story there. So Bruce Wayne is at this this mansion for like a holiday party, and this lady's like, "Oh, where are you spelling, Veronica? Where are you spelling your holidays?" He goes, "I'm actually going to spend it hello- alone." And then and you hear Bruce, and there's like seven women. They're like, you're standing underneath the mistletoe. <laughs> so he's backing up, and and some random girl kisses him, uh, who's like in a trench coat, kind of looking like Carmen Sandiego. And he gets out, and he he sees this car pull up, and he goes, come in here, Mr. Wayne. And he goes, no, I, no, I have uh, my own car. And then he goes, wait, I can't stop myself. And he started walking into the car. It's Poison Ivy and Harley Quinn, and what Poison Ivy did was she used that woman that snuck in, kissed him on the lips, and now she's, like, mind-controlling him. Ah, uh, okay. Because, because of kissing him on the lips. So what, are the, what is their devious plan? They get him to go to the – take him on a shopping spree for the holidays. <laughs> so they take him into a jewelry store, and people are like, are you sure you're with these ladies, Bruce? Yes, get, let them have everything they want. And you see the, the they're the, they're grabbing ever like they're grabbing dresses, they're grabbing pearls, they they're 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 grabbing like anything they want there. Uh, Harley Quinn tries to actually take a Christmas tree, <laughs> um, and they're taking pianos <laughs> like it, it's crazy. So then it starts to st- starts to wear off, and he backs up like outside of a window, and they're like, "Oh my god, oh my god, what happened to him?" and Harley Quinn goes, oh, we got his credit cards. No need to worry. <laughs> so so then, like, uh, they're in the car. They're in excited about what they got and everything. And they're now they're like, let's go to the toy store. Now they're going to the toy store. And Batman shows up. And, you know, and uh, he says, I'll bet you've been a good. She they goes, I bet you've been a good little bat boy this year, she says. Oh, Poison Ivy. She goes, but unfortunately, Harley and I are still on the naughty list. <laughs> 
and then they just have this fight in a toy store, which is awesome. And like, there's a point where where, where Poison Ivy is like, "Merry Christmas, darling," and she hits him with like a giant glove. And then uh, Harley Quinn grabs the mallet and goes, "And Happy Hanukkah, chump." <laughs> um, <laughs> so then they start fighting, and then in great irony, Batman gets this giant Christmas tree in the store and gets it to fall on top of both of them. <laughs> and then Poison Ivy goes, "Well, here's your." F- in swear like asterisk Christmas tree you oh, happy awesome. and Harley Quinn goes yeah <laughs> yeah uh, that was that's there, there's another one too but that was my favorite story in this little thing right I can totally like it because it's animated series I just picture Tara Strong's voice like yeah just ringing through my ears at all times um there's yeah, a Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I could. I, I'm glad. You, yeah, I do feel that too. I, I do that with a lot of stuff. I, I relate to the movies. Like when I hear voices now, like before, like you don't really think about it before. But when you, like, if I read a Thor comic now, like uh, every time I read well, a, a, it's Hemsworth, a, a, it's yeah. Hemsworth all day. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's the wildest thing. But yeah, that's a great point. Um. So the next one I read was White Christmas, or not next one I read, but the next one in the holiday special was White Christmas, and basically they're at Arkham Asylum. And Mr. Freeze is broke out. So Batman's like, what's going on here? He goes, well, I guess he kept talking about how it's not snowing. It's not snowing. It's not snowing. So Mr. Freeze gets out snowing all over the city. There's like a car accident because it's like the, because of the freeze gun. And it almost like the guy almost hits the, this woman and kid. Batman comes in, you know, saves the woman and kid. Uh, and, and, and she's like, there's a good line where she goes, are you an angel? You know, and then this old guy comes out complaining about his car and, and Bruce goes, get some chains for his oh tire. Well, you know, Batman. Um, so then, like, he's got this torch, and he's melting the cars out of the ice and everything, and he's trying to find Mr. Freeze, and this, they gets to a graveyard, and he goes in there, and you see Mr. Freeze, you know, he's fighting Batman. He hits him with the gun, you know, be gone. And uh, and then he, he hits, Bruce actually hits into the Wayne uh, mausoleum. And it says, Mom and Dad, Merry Christmas, love Bruce, like a you know a reef came down from it that he probably put up earlier that year. Uh, and then, so he finally, he, he you know, Mr. Freeze tries to get him with the freeze gun. They have a square off, and, uh, and, and Batman gets it to explode on him and takes down Mr. Freeze. And, he, you know, he goes, it's Christmas. I'll give you a chance. Why did you do this, Freeze? Why did you do this? And this is where it got, he goes, you know, he looks at Nora Freeze's gravestone. He's like, we were married 10 years ago on a snowy Christmas Eve. Nora loved the snow. I thought it said sad that there should be none this year. And I wouldn't want my Nora to be sad tonight. So really cool story. Like a deep story. About See, Mr. yeah, I, I like, I like when you can give sympathy to a villain like that. Uh, and I, I felt that with Mister Free, you know, Mister Freeze. Unfortunately, you know, some of our only visualizations of him are Arnold Schwarzenegger with cheesy one-liners. But, Chill out. <laughs> but like that was it was deep. Um, and I, I'm sorry, there's so many small stories in these. No, it's cool. Uh, Wait till mine. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, mine's like that there, there's well, one. I have two books like that. Um, this one is all good. So there's another story. 
Um, It's called What Are You Doing New Year's Eve? And it shows Joker interrupting a football game. And he's basically going to say that for the new year, my resolution is to not kill anybody. But until then, I'm going to kill everybody. (laughs) So he's basically going to go on this murder spree. And Batman and Commissioner Gordon are working together. And they're looking at the countdown. And and it's down in New York City. And basically, uh, Joker and his henchmen have these sonic bombs. And that's how he's killing people, everybody, everywhere in sight. So they have these sonic bombs. And they're they're basically throwing them out in you know uh, in Gotham City you know on New Year's Eve. Batman's trying to get a hold of the bombs. He sees Joker, uh, and and fights him and attacks him. And before Joker could hit the, and Joker's got like champagne. It's a pretty cool visual. He's got like champagne and and the watch at the countdown to New Year's to New Year's Eve. And it's like ten, nine. This is a sweet panel. Eight, seven, six, five, oh, cool. four, three, two, and then he drops this bell, which I think was their like version of the ball drop right he drops the bell on top of joker <laughs> and he's like ouch <laughs> um so the best part of this story though so that happens then there's this bar people are singing or whatever the owner says get out of here get out of here and it's just commissioner gordon and the you know the waiter bar uh, owner guy he brings him a coffee and he goes you know and, um and he said, like, Happy New Year's Eve, Commish. Heard your buddies had a rough night. I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't show up. I go, he goes, what, break our tradition? And Batman comes in, and they basically have a coffee every New Year's Day. Well, every New Year's Eve at this shop every year. And they, well, it's been another year, you know. Uh, well, here's to another survivor, and hopefully another, we'll be doing this again next year. And, and he goes, hopefully. And then... So Commissioner Gordon goes, order a cheesesteak. And he goes, anything for you. And then Bruce is already gone. And he says this line... Uh, one of these years, I'm going to beat him to the check. <laughs> you know, and 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 that's the end of the book. Um, so a, a lot of cool stories. Uh, you got a a Batgirl Har- Harvey Bullock Renee Montoya story. You got a Harley Quinn Bruce Wayne really, and a Poison Ivy story. You got a um, a Mister Freeze Batman story, and then a Joker, Batman, Commissioner Gordon story. So all really cool. I like that. It seems to be a, a theme for the holiday ones, too. Because like you said, you have two, right? And I got my one later, and it's it's, it's a bunch of mini stories. Yeah, mine's got, like, mine's like a Spider-Man. Yeah. And just spoiler in 20 minutes. <laughs> it's got a Venom story in it. So it's yeah. cool. I'm know? really excited for that. Um, but, yeah. If that's like a hot... Because you don't get that often. Like, that's not an every... You know, every week production thing. It seems to be a holiday special. So that I, I, you know, just a just a Christmas night thing. I really like that. This was a lot of fun to yeah. read. Um, so I'll go right into the rankings, uh, rankings, yeah, uh, <laughs> the the the, uh, the ratings. Uh, so uh, starting with artwork, am I correct? Yep. Yep. Uh, the A's, you double A's, the double A's. Uh, so starting with artwork. Um, you know, some of the people listening may disagree with me with this. I loved it. The '90s cartoon feel. I'm giving it a ten. Perfect. I. It's just it. It was like I was watching a Christmas. No, I love the Batman, Batman animated series. artwork, man. Um, action. Uh, there was a cool little Clayface fight. Uh, there was the fight with Mister Freeze. I mean, there was. Uh, I mean, you had like four fights. Yeah. So by that purpose, I'm gonna give it a ten. Very good. Um, storytelling. I mean, every story was short. But to the point, you know, the the Clayface story, that was kind of mostly comical uh, purposes. But 
I really thought the writing in the Poison Ivy Harley Quinn story was interesting. It's like these two girls taking advantage of Bruce Wayne, this and that. <laughs> um, the Mr. Free story was deep. And the ending with Commissioner Gordon and Batman was really cool. I'm going to give it a 10. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I have a feel where this is going. So, dialogue. Dialogue. Really fun. Um, like you said, you could read it in Tara Strong's voice. To- Kevin Conroy, I was hearing all of it. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> and uh, I definitely got that. Especially Bullock. I forgot who played Bullock. Uh, in the I know series. like I know Conroy, which is Batman. Tara yeah. Strong, which is uh, um, Harley. Hamill's Joker. Hamill's Joker. Like the main three. Uh, but dialogue was fun. I wasn't lost at all. I'll give that a 10. Rereadability. I would make this a Christmas tradition. I'd say every year I'm going to pick up Batman, uh, The Adventures Christmas. It's a fun book. We're going perfect 50. I think maybe my first 10. It might be. It might be. It was just, I don't know, maybe because I'm such a fan for the cartoon. Yeah, animated series like shaped a it lot of people. It was really good. Yeah, I have a few X-Men animated series like based books. I, I, I haven't touched those yet. And I think that's, you know, that's something I definitely probably should if you're you know saying that's as good as as the cartoon was then yeah that nostalgia definitely gets you really good with that every time every time all right greg okay book number one my first book is actually at the time of this recording from yesterday it came out um this is Klaus and the Crying Snowman, or Klaus, Claus and the Crying Snowman. <laughs> it's spelled K-L-A-U-S, so I just, that's, um, this is, so Grant Morrison, who I'm, he's growing into one of my favorite writers. Um, he did the Green Lantern current run. He did the Doom Patrol run um, a while back and made it famous. He did this. This is the third one. Actually, so it's a different story every year. You don't need to read all three, but each year he's been re- releasing these Santa Claus stories, um, and they're really cool. And he gets a little older in each of them, but it's very different. And this was this was this year's. Um, I, it's a lot of fun. I'm gonna hop into it. So there's this snowman who clearly is alive, and he is thinking, and he's t- he's trying to say like, I just fell asleep. I need to accept it. Um, I didn't actually help Santa Claus save the world. Like, none of that was real. I don't – that didn't happen. But my name is Sam, but I'm starting to forget. And he starts to cry, and Santa Claus shows up and goes, no need for tears. Like, you did good. You just need to remember. And he starts kind of like there's this – now it flashes back in this this Santa Claus. Not your traditional Santa Claus. He is like – Thor-style haircut, full beard, in, like, old-school, like, medieval-style clothing with a giant claymore sword. He's got, um, like, a long red, like, knight-style cape. Like, he looks like a D&D character. Like, not your traditional Santa Claus. And he is fighting a giant one-eyed tree beast wielding a giant sword and, and, like, just fighting this thing off. And he whistles... And his white wolf Lily shows up, and he then he fires a bow and arrow with a uh, with a arrow that he lit on fire into the tree beast, right into its. He fires one into its chest, so it starts on fire. And then he shoots it in the eye, and it falls down. Um, and they're trying to figure out where it came from. And all of a sudden, a comet starts to fall, and Lily, the white wolf, leads him to this this egg where these other tree beasts are coming out of coming out of it this like 
excuse me, like walnut and all of these like these tree collapses as they call them start to come out. And he goes like he's like seedlings like this could take a while. And Father Frost from the Russian stories, which is like the Russian Santa and the Yule goat, which is a tiny man riding on a goat, and they form together into like a were goat step in and take down all the seedlings for them. That's so, so cool. cool. Yule goat. Look at him. He's awesome. <laughs> you get him in a comic book with the, with the glob. He's dope. Man. And I love goats, so it's even cooler. Um, <laughs> and they're actually talking, and Father Frost has actually like changed his look because people believe like a different version of him now. Right. So in the last book, he was like an old man. Now he's like this like young, like almost Clark Kent-looking character. Um, and they talk about the Civil War that they were fighting um, they, they were helping fight on the moon between the kobolds and the moon dogs, and it shows all these different like um, Christmas heroes fighting together, real quick. And then it goes back to the um, it starts to talking talking about this war that's coming that the Nightborn are coming, and uh, every sixteen years this comet falls from the or sorry every sixteen thousand years this comet falls from the sky and the nightborn attack um the nightborn the last time they came through fought a war with thor and and them and actually were kill uh killed most of the norse gods like the norse gods lost the war to the nightborn really um and loki was part of the nightborn army actually he wasn't a norse god in this story um so it shows that they're like they need to work together to take these things down, uh, and there's some dialogue back and forth talking about what they're gonna do. Um, so they divide their forces up, and they're like, "All right, you go to Mars to try to cut it off. You go to the Moon because they're like cosmic defenders, um, and everyone's split up. We've already got an advantage on them. They've never had to divide their forces before. And as this is happening." Um, he comes across the snowman and the snowman is like freaking out. Uh, he doesn't really know who he is. And like, you're getting flashes of like this little kid playing with a snowball and a, a lady like yelling at the guy. Um, and Santa actually finds like a, a red scarf with a little bit of blood on it and gives it to the snowman. And the, the snowman like is confused. And he's like, I think I had some sort of accident. I don't remember. I feel like I have dementia. And he's like really like freaking out. And there's this cool, like if you've ever seen like the scream paint, it's like yeah. the snowman doing the scream painting. Um, and like the, the snowman just doesn't get it. So Santa decides like to help him. And he's telling him like, okay, you're defrosting. Like I need to, I'm actually on my way to Titan, which is one of the moons of Saturn. It's the coldest place. Like it'll keep you cold and you'll get smarter and you'll start to remember because you're defrosting, you're forgetting who you are. And he's like, no, I don't know. And Santa's like, come on. Like basically tells him all this. Santa's sleigh, by the way, Prancer and Vixen, all of them, they're not deer. It's more white wolves. (laughs) His sleigh is pulled by white wolves. So the snowman gets in um, and he actually travels within hours to Titan where um this nightborn planet is and they're actually or they're on sorry the nightborn are there and they're actually like wiping out these like clock people of titan and like trying to make their own monsters out of it it's really cool it's a 
like all these like it's like made out of clocks and there's these like automaton like people that live there that is are friends with Santa um and he shows up uh and he apparently finds what he was looking for um and this leader of the nightborn is yelling at the mayor of Clock City um saying he's going to destroy him and Santa finds his defenders that he used to defend Titan before and they're all these like butterflies that are also bagpipes <laughs> and they start attacking very strange book <laughs> it's so it, uh, it's Grant Morrison man um and the the monster actually like says we came in peace your world sent warriors you murdered our people and they start fighting back and forth um and he like Santa tells him that he's Hiram the Lord of Death. Uh and there's this big fight. They crash through the ice um as the snowman tackles Hiram or Hiram and he starts like remembering holding a wheel and like flashing back and forth, back and forth, and then Santa dives in and saves him. Um The city is on fire and like the like it so it's like the Yule Goat is losing the war and the Yule Beast or sorry, the Yule the Father Frost is actually dead and there's this like giant snake they're fighting. Um and they start talking about the past and Santa realizes what they can do and on the Automata City they actually turn the clocks back and rewind time. Um and show back up and tell them how they're coming to change their mind and they already know their plan. And Santa shows up again with this army of like Yule heroes. There's some characters from some of the other books from before. Um, and realize that they're doing this to actually like harvest the sun's heat. Okay. And the first time like Thor and them just saw them as a threat and they actually weren't trying to, they were trying to help their people and Thor started a war with them. Um, so they actually give them gifts because he's Santa and like gives them heat and like allows them to take it back to their people. Um, he begins to help this snowman remember like who he is. And he realizes like he cheated on his wife and like, because he was arguing with his wife, like got in the car and I think he'd been drinking or something. And he drove into one of those tree beasts. And when he like ran into it, he actually like fused with it and became the snowman. Oh, no kidding. Um, and Santa tells him, like, don't you remember? I rewound the clocks. Like, I saved you. Like, and it shows Santa, like, showing up and actually slamming the front of the car and, like, <laughs> saving the guy and, like, taking out this tree beast. And uh, the snowman starts to melt, and the, the human is standing there in front of his son and, like, runs and gives him a, a big hug and tells him, we'll build a better one. And that is the whole book. The other two are super good, too. Like, it's very weird, but it's definitely my kind of weird. Like, I love creative takes on old stories. Yes. I, I, I love the way Grant Morrison writes. He's very out there and wild. But he definitely, like, especially reading the other two, weaves this, like, very interesting world that I want more of every time I read it. There's, They've shown, like, Father Frost, the Yule Goat, the Snow Maiden, like, and it's really cool. Like, it's this very different, like, myth take on mythology um i'm gonna hop into it the art style is actually not normal it, it, we were trying to put like 
before this, we we were looking at some of the pictures, and we were trying to like nail down this art style. It is such a combination of a bunch of different styles. Um, I really liked it. I really like the way it looks. I'm actually I am going to give the art a ten as well. Okay. Um, for this one, the action. Again, the action was sweet. Like you have Santa fighting these tree clopses, like lighting it on fire. The sword fight with the um, the other the Nightborn. You've got them fighting the giant snake. I'm gonna give the action a nine. All right. Story. Yes. Um. Again, very unique story. Very original. Not too hard to follow. Um. There was a little bit left out. Um, it, like you, there is a little bit, you can get more from reading the other two books from the other years. So nope. I'm going to give this story a seven. Okay. Um, but I, I really enjoy it. It's a very, again, original, different story, like cool take on an original or an old mythology, um, dialogue. The dialogue is incredible for this. And, but Grant Morrison is great at that. It's something he's very good at. Um, I'm going to give the dialogue a 10. Um, it just, it, there's so much of it, but it never feels like. You're, it never feels like you're reading too much. You just kind of get lost in what they're saying. And, and it's harder with this kind of book where you can't put a voice to these characters. Like I can never, you've never heard them talk before. So to do that, I think is really cool. Um, and then rereadability. Like I said, I actually went and read the other two Klaus books. Um, and I love it. I want more. It stinks. I got to wait a year for it. <laughs> So I'm gonna give the it doesn't re-read. make it special though. It de- definitely does. This is going to be a new tradition. I hope he releases one of these every year because if that's the case, like this is going to be something I I look for. I want to buy the hard copies of all of them um, because this was cool and I, it's just a different story. And I kind of want like a figure of this Santa Claus because he's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, you show me the 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 picture of it. It's it's a really cool take on him. There's it's a couple. Different. Yeah, there was one where he had like long hair. This one he has more of like. The, the Thor from the movie, but he's got a full white beard. Um, I, I really like this this just take on these characters. I'd love to have these as like Christmas figures I put out. Um, I'm going to give the rereadability a 10. I really liked this book. Again, Grant Morrison is starting to be up there with Jeff Johns for me, um, and I'm starting to read some Lemire stuff as well. I'm starting to find some writers that I really like through this, so this is cool. Very good. 46 out of 50 yeah, that was a good for book. that book. So, yeah, that's not bad at all. This is definitely – I've realized, so as much as I like emotional books, I love weird fantasy books like Hellboy and I'm starting Black Hammer, those weird like just like odd mythology, like monsters and magic. Like that's definitely my realm as well. Right. And I'm so I'm I dig stuff like this so much. Very good, very good. Yeah, forty six out of fifty. That's not bad. Yeah, it's a cool take. Cause, I mean, like you said, it, in comparison, it's like um, you know when we were doing some of our crossover books, even yeah. before the special episode. Like I did that Nightwing McGilla Gorilla take, and it was like a re retooling of him. It was like uh, is a more serious character. Yeah. And but it worked. It worked so well if you do it right. And that yeah. was uh, that was a cool take on that. So, very good. My book will go next. Just load it up here. The old smartphone is the Merry X-Men Holiday Special. Uh, For this year, it came out on... I don't know the date. Um, It's a couple weeks ago. Yeah. I think it was the 6th. Yeah. That sounds right. It was one of the weeks I did. December 5th. Excuse me. December 5th. Um, it came out, uh, and actually Chris suggested it to me because I was looking for a second uh, 
a second Christmas book, uh, and it's weird because sometimes the hard copies are harder to find, but um, yeah, he sent me the link for this, and I... You're the X-Men guy, so... Yeah, oh, dude, I love my X-Men, and this was good. A little disappointed there was no Cyclops, but uh, I'll take it anyways. So what they did with the styling of this book was every day from December 1st to December 25th was a mini-story. Uh, pretty much like your guys were, you had many, many books, but this one had 25 mini stories in it. Wow. Essentially. It was I like thought a, I was crazy with five. A mini story a, uh, per day, per page. That's the way they did it. Every page was a day. Um, it started off with Jubilee, who has a son here um, named Shogo. I'm not sure who the father is, uh, when he came from, but um, it's cool to see Jubilee again. She, is this like adult Jubilee, like she is in the extermination story currently? I, I, I think so. She looks very adultish here, um, when I can see. When Yeah, yeah I'm not sure, her, sure who the dad of the Shogo baby is, but he's kind of cute. He's uh, holding a Nightcrawler-stuffed animal, which is pretty adorable. And she's talking about how she's going on vacation and, and all that stuff. Uh, so, yeah, that's the first... The first day. The second day is a Kitty Pride mini story. Uh, and by the way, each of these have have a have a name to it too. Like December first one was Jubilee and Meli Kalimaka, or whatever that the heck that song is. Meli Kalimaka yes. is the place. To that was the name. That was. <laughs> uh, thank you for clarifying that. Day. Uh, Kitty Pride and Never Again was December second, and it's very minimal dialogue here. But she's talking about how she's the leader of the X Men and uh, something about running for the for president, which I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, Pride for president, twenty twenty. I'll take it. I'll take it. December third, Wolverine and Hot Claws for ha- for Hanukkah. <laughs> it was hashtag Hot Claws, and there were some people outside shoveling, and all of a sudden Wolverine jumps out of the snow and attacks some some ninjas, and and that's it. That's incredible. I mean, there's a little thing where, where the guy, the dad, he's shoveling. He goes, you know, or no, the son was like, look like Wolverine, but Wolverine's claws don't get all hot like that, do they? And the dad's like, they do now, kiddo. <laughs> they do now. And if you ask me, those hot claws just saved just saved Hanukkah. <laughs> December fourth is Jean Grey in Dreaming of a Wade Christmas. It's her in Deadpool <laughs> and a little mini thing. Uh, it's just funny watching them go back and forth like a little. Spat. How did they not do Cyclops in this? They're twenty four year olds. I know, I know, I know. Because he's dead. Oh yeah. Oh, that could be true. That makes sense. Because <laughs> he's a Nazi and he died. <laughs> That's what happened. That's true. That uh, that clarifies things. Uh, but yeah, it's a funny little back and forth between Jean Grey, who's you know got a lighter humor than than typically, but you gotta when you're dealing with Deadpool, it just doesn't work out any other way. December fifth, Nature Girl in I Hate Christmas, and you know she's. Just, Pretty much her complaining about Christmas and the way it is, and she takes home this little like Charlie Brown tree. Uh, December sixth is another Jubilee one called Jubilee and Jingle All the Way to Minute, and uh, she's sleeping in a tent in a, inside of a mall. I don't know how that came about, but yeah, she's uh, she's inside a mall. December seventh is uh, Gambit and the Chiche who stole Christmas. And it's him uh, sitting on the street doing card tricks for kids. 
which I thought was kind of cool. And he has a box. He finds a box full of uh, X-Men action figures. December 8th is Iceman in White Elephant. Um, it's him at like a Secret Santa party, and they're showing all these different props and stuff. It's great that White Elephant is at a Secret Santa party. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Dude, there's a lot of cool characters in this. Uh, but they were showing what what happened was uh, it was a ten dollar and under uh, Secret Santa thing, and they had a couple cool props like a tight eyed X Men logo shirt and a uh, and a Stark Industry branded water bottle, which is always cool to see the crossover because you don't yeah. see it anymore. Um, let's see. Oh, there's a Dazzler picture in here, which I thought was a cool throwback. Um, because I haven't, cool. that's I thought that was really nice, but those are some of the gifts there. December 9th, Magneto in the Impossible Enemy, and Magneto helps some children that are in Warsaw, Poland, and some kids are being followed by a robot of some sort, and he stops them, and uh, he tries to tell them about you know give them some kind of lesson about how people really are, and uh, and they kind of like they kind of tell him. You know, to look on like the brighter side, just be a little more positive with people, and and you know, forgiveness and some sort of thing. It looked like it clicked with them, kinda. Uh, December tenth, storm and Christmas jeer. She's being harassed by some guy, uh, and she eventually puts a little storm cloud over his head and starts thundering and lightning and, <laughs> and zapping him, and he runs off. <laughs> December eleventh, jubilee and deck the halls. She's got her little baby in a cart and she's being chased by a robot thing, Mr. Fantastic, Hulk, Spider-Man, Captain America, Wolverine, Iron Man. Um, and the baby drops his Nightcrawler toy. Uh, December 12th is Dr. Nemesis in the giving season. And it actually features Beast who is giving a gift to uh, a Kavita. I'm not sure who it is, but it's all eight episodes of Star Wars. He's really excited to give this gift, and uh, this Dr. Nemesis happened to give uh, this Kavita the an autographed script of The Last Jedi by Mark Hamill and Daisy Ridley, and Beast gets really upset, so he calls Dr. Nemesis. There's actually some funny dialogue in here, and uh, Dr. Nemesis he, he goes, yes, Hank? And Beast goes, Dr. Nemesis, when I asked you for suggestions on what I could get for Dr. Rao... Um, and you told me she was a Star Wars fan, did it ever occur to you to tell me that you were getting her the the gift that would render all other Star Wars gifts into rubbish? I may as well have given her my used tissues. <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, you, you conniving lout, this is why they don't... They don't want me to invite you to our New Year's Eve poker game. I can't believe you <laughs> stooped such a... <laughs> like some big words. And he goes... Chicanery? I'll see yeah, chicanery, you... I love that word. Chickenery. You <laughs> dump Lucius Lummox. I'll see you at the at poker. Bring dip, jerk. <laughs> like, I thought it was really funny dialogue there. Oh, uh, December 13th, Rogan Gambit and Christmas Catastrophe. Um, they're clearly in a relationship. They're married. Yeah, they're married, yes. They're Mr. and Mrs. X now. Catching me up on stuff. They're like and four or five books deep in their own storyline. Good. I'm glad that finally happened. Yeah. Um, they're decorating or something, and the cat like jumps in and messes them all up, trips them up, and it ends with Rogue giving Gambit a kiss on the cheek. Uh, December 14th is an Old Man Logan story. Old Man Logan and the gift that keeps on giving. And, Diarrhea? Uh, 
<laughs> no, unfortunately not. Um, <laughs> it's actually Old Man Logan and an older Nightcrawler, which I thought was pretty Ooh. cool. You know, uh, Wolverine's Old Man Logan's cutting down logs uh, for a fire, and uh, they actually throw a really cool throwback panel. Um, it is X-Men King Size Annual Volume 1, Number 4. And at this, in this comic book, this is like years and years and years old, uh, Wolverine gave Nightcrawler a picture of himself in his costume. So Nightcrawler gives him a gift of <laughs> of his face <laughs> as a return gift. I thought that was really, really cool. That they did like, look at it. I mean, it's the original panel and everything. Isn't that great? I like pictured just the meme of like Wolverine holding the picture of himself. <laughs> that's, that's I know. I that's exactly what I thought. Uh, so yeah, this I thought it was really funny. December fifteenth was Cannonball and Home for the Holidays. Um, I, you know, they just show some stuff of, of him on his planet, his Cannonball. goofy planet, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. December sixteenth was Domino and the Naughty List. And uh, she's talking about hunting guys down, and she's she's observing this this creepy perverted guy uh, harassing this young lady. And uh, the lady says, "Get off me, you creep!" And then after that, Domino shoots him in the head. <laughs> oh. uh, December seventeenth, the Braddocks uh, in Baby Steps, which uh, Psylocke, 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 and Captain, Captain Britain. Britain. Okay, all right, very good. Thank you for updating me on that. Clutch guys, clutch. Um, they're doing their little holiday get-together thing, and they got a young daughter. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool. December 18th, Glob Herman in Deck the Halls. Oh, yeah! <laughs> it's boy. legit just him setting... Well, Glob's, a, Glob's Jewish, though, right? So, like, he would be summer Hanukkah, wouldn't he? Is he Jewish? He's a Glob Herman. Um, it's you actually, just want him to be Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Borsa. Uh, <laughs> um, it's literally just... There's no dialogue. It's him hammering a mistletoe above a door... <laughs> And there's two little, like, there's, like, kind of tinsel hanging on the other side of the door. And then he pulls up a chair and sits down underneath the mistletoe, and that's it. That's incredible. <laughs> the day that Glob becomes a live-action character. Dude, he's great. It's the day they can't do anything better. <laughs> he's smiling. That's the best part is he's smiling. I want Glob to join the my book that I'm going to later read. Glob would be good for a Deadpool movie. <laughs> Yeah, he would. Yes, yeah, he would. That's yeah. December nineteenth, Gabby Kinney and Secret Santa. Um, this I've never heard of Gabby. She's Kinney a before. clone of X twenty three. Okay, all right. Because um, I think Storm is in, the, in this one too. But yeah, just looking at some Christmas stuff. December twentieth, Jubilee and All I Want for Christmas is You. Um, the mall is start that she was trapped in is blowing up, and just in the nick of time, she grabbed the Nightcrawler doll that fell down. Uh, which they alluded to very prominently. Uh, December 21st, Hope Summers in The Longest Night. Uh, she's sitting down at a party, and she's actually watching a video of Cable. The, or it's, it's some kind of video message from Cable, and like Deadpool's there, and everybody's watching uh, along with him. So that was kind of cool. December 22nd, Hank McCoy in Blue Christmas. Uh, just some dialogue there. He's looking at some old uh, science fair stuff, and he's kind of talking to himself. December twenty third, Nightcrawler, and 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 to all a good Nightcrawler. Uh, that's his little story. Him and some kids uh, on the street. He's just kind of talking to him and about Christmas spirit and stuff like that. December twenty fourth, Jamie Madrix in 
The Gift of the Madrai. Uh, it's him and Gambit. I, that's multiple man, right? I believe so. I think because, yeah, it's got to be because he hits himself in the forehead and then there's two of them. Yeah, that's Okay. And then December 25th uh, is Arcade and Walking in a Winter Murderland. And I, the whole thing, that, that mall that Jubilee was in, it's uh, he's calling it the Murder Mall. And it's idea. It's this idea of having shoppers go in and having to fight to survive to get stuff, and eventually all the ex. So they, Black Friday, <laughs> pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. And he's. It's pretty funny. He's all about it. He goes, "Look at the line. Look at the line. Everyone's dying to come into Murder Mall," and the X Men break in and uh, they they beat him up pretty good, put an end to his little plans. So I thought that was a great holiday book, Chris. Thank you so yeah, much for suggesting fun. it. Yeah, Just it was going to be something I was going to read, but then I was like, oh, I, I found those two. And I'm like, well, you know, I didn't look at it all. I was like, oh. It's know, worth a read. If, if you still intend to, it's worth a read. Just the names alone were pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, like everyone had a different, like, story writer. The art was all similar, but the different story writer for each pa- like yeah. panel, it was so cool. So all a good Nightcrawler popped me huge. Yes. <laughs> yes, it did. Uh, <laughs> artwork. Artwork was fantastic. Definitely a nice sense of realism. It's new art, but new art that I like. I'm going to give a 10. Action. There was a... I mean, there wasn't a whole lot. It was more so dialogue and stuff. There was like little instances. But for action, uh, that's might be its lowest point on it, and I'd have to give it like a, a 6. Very minimal. Uh, story. It was great. It was great that they had many stories. And there was a almost like a big like Jubilee seemed to be the focus of the book overall. She had three or four mini stories in there, so that was a nice touch. I'm gonna give the story a nine. Dialogue, lots of dialogue gave me a lot of good laughs, um, a lot of good laughs. It was a good time. Nine for that. Rereadability. Uh, would I pick it up again? Yes, I want to find the physical copy of it. Hands down, that is a ten. So bringing me a score of. 25, doing some math, 34, 44 out of 50 for X the Merry X-Men uh, holiday book. So go check that one out, and uh, we're on to the next. Chris Golo. All right, and my second book, also from 1995, <laughs> a little bit of a trim for Good me. Good year. I was two years old. Uh, this is Spider-Man Holiday Special, <laughs> and this was a, a one-off uh for Spider-Man, um, but it is uh, the first story, um, and actually it's the Ben Riley Spider-Man, but in kind of a modern Spider-Man suit, not the Scarlet Spider with, like, uh, the black spider, though, in the middle. It was really cool, really unique costume. Um, it starts off with... Uh, you know, uh, you know, Spider-Man goes, no, 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 boys, it's not, is that one way to spend Christmas Eve? And it's like these crooks, like, basically, like, trying to rob people on Christmas Eve, you know, rob them their gifts. Spider-Man, you know, you know, beats, beats them all up there. Uh, and then, you know, he, he gives these gifts back to the, the family and, and he says, you know, happy holidays to you or, or she's the lady. I'm sorry. He says, happy holidays to you and your loved ones, Spider-Man. And he goes, loved ones. That's an interesting concept. After five years away from New York, I have no loved ones here anymore. So, Aunt May is gone, and then he is the Ben Riley Spider-Man, so he doesn't have Mary Jane in his life. He doesn't have 
any you know in any of those so he's basically saying the anime's gone you know i have no no friends here I, I, you know i had i had a few friends i had when i was peter parker um you know but so he's he's basically over the the brooklyn bridge kind of sad and he sees this woman jumping off the bridge so he goes and saves her and she's like why did you do that you saved me you jerk she goes, uh, you know, I, I was trying to jump off the bridge. I have nothing anymore. Like, she goes, I have no family, no friends, and I just got no job, and I just got evicted from my house, and I have no reason to live. So, like, Spider-Man's, like, you know, talk, talking to her and said, no, everybody has a reason to live. You know, this and that. He hugs her and everything, and, and he says, no, you know, Jenny, let's get out of here. And she kind of gets consoled by him and everything. So they're flying through Manhattan, you know, and he's t- talking to her about how to be positive in life. You never know. Life can end up being good and this and that. And it, it's great. Cause he was feeling lonely and he was feeling sad. And then he finds this lady and you know, she was about to commit suicide and he stops her. And then you see scorcher is in Manhattan times square. Uh, and he's trying to steal people's wallets because <laughs> they're going Christmas shopping <laughs> You know, and it's Christmas Eve, and he's trying to steal people's wallets and everything. So Spider-Man and Scorcher get in this big fight, and Scorcher, you know, uh, got improved, like, fire equipment, so he's just going back and forth with them. Um, you know, uh, it, Spider-Man says a great line, like, the girl, the woman is there, and Jenny Sheridan is her name. And she goes, what's happening? And Spider-Man goes, an old playmate of mine, I he didn't like what he got for Christmas. I think he wanted a pony. <laughs> <laughs> So there's just more of a big fight. And Scorcher's a great like one off of this. Like you never like Scorcher's traditionally uh Avengers villain, right? Like I don't know. Let me look it up. I think he's like a mixed smosh though. He's yeah. like kinda like Bat Rock the Leaper, where I think they just put him in wherever. Yeah. Um but nice little back and forth between them. Uh and and then what's happening is so there's just, like this homeless guy that keeps asking for spare change and he's not even like realizing anything. And um a flaming like uh, I'm trying to explain to it like a flaming like sign from from uh, one of the stores is about to fall on this guy from Scorcher, and Jenny Sheridan saves him and, and and you know gets him out of the way. So then like Spider Man, what he does is he webs the crap out of his hands. So he webs his own hands, right? He webs the crap out of him, and then puts his hands on Scorcher's Scorcher's like fire hands, and you know. You know, and it's and he basically injects the spider webs in it. It's really crazy to make it explode. And there's like, you know, it, it's it's a pretty weird way how he did it. That's dope. Um, but so then he takes down Scorcher, uh, you know, and and Jenny and he goes, Jenny, look, you were a hero. You saved that man. She goes, maybe I can make a difference after all. The guy said he was going to homeless shelter. She's like, you know what? I'm going to go with him and help the people out on Christmas. So, you know, she went and uh, helped out the guy at the homeless shelter and kind of like got a new lease on life. And and uh, Spider-Man went off to stop more crime on Christmas Eve. So that was the first story. The second story, no dialogue whatsoever. Um, it's called The Cat Who Stole Christmas. It's glob hanging up mistletoe. No, I wish it was. It's <laughs> a uh, whole book of it. So it's these criminals, and there's a news story that says toys stolen from an orphanage. And these criminals are in this warehouse, and Black Cat shows up out of nowhere, and she, you know, and she takes the toys from the criminals, and the cops also come at the same time. And she sneaks out of there, and then you see her dropping off the gifts in the orphanage like Santa Claus. Cool. Which I thought was pretty cool. Now, Matt, that's the one you're looking forward to. Venom Claws. Yes. 
So it starts off, and it, it, you don't know what's going on. It just starts off with Santa Claus on the ground, and there's Venom <laughs> there. And you're like, what's the concept of this? And Santa's like, oh, what are you? Stay away. And he goes, easy, we're a Venom. We're not mean to frighten you. So it's, you know, it's Eddie Brock and Venom and, you know, being good guys. And you're talking to the guy. And the guy, what he is, is he's a Santa that, like, you know, the Salvation Army. Santa yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, these guys mugged me in this and on Christmas Eve. And he's like, oh, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm going to I'm gonna kill him and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and this and then he's like, no, he's like, no one, let's calm down. You know what I mean? It's Christmas, whatever. Um, you know, so of course Eddie, Eddie Brock takes, you know, into his own hands. So you see like the next day you see jingle, 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 jingle. And there's Santa Claus, you know, with the Salvation Army and these guys show up and they're like yelling at him or whatever. And, and Santa Claus actually spears or the Santa, you know, the spears this one guy. And then the other guys attack him or whatever, these criminals. And then I don't know where Santa turns into venom. So I don't know how he morphed to look like Santa Claus. That's awesome. But he did because you could see the guys like they're they're they're, they're cr- they beat him to the ground. They're well, Venom him. typically has that ability to, yeah. to shapeshift, shapeshift yeah. and whatever he's on. So that's cool. So yeah, he he shows up and he goes, "That's right, we are Venom and you're all dead." <laughs> so he just starts like. Beating the crap out of these guys, the uh, guy has a gun and he just totally he ricochets the shots off off him, which is just awesome venom there. And of course, he's about to kill him, and the lady who's the wife of the Santa Claus guy was like, "Hey, you know, uh, you know, please let him be. You know, he belongs in jail. Let the police deal with him. After all, it's Christmas." And so he goes, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're right. <laughs> he says, he says to the guy, this is great. We were really looking forward to twisting his head off and using it as a Christmas tree ornament. <laughs> that is awesome, Venom. Um, I love that. Yeah, that, what a, what a, what a great line there. Um, so he, he lets him go, lets the cops arrest him. But then this is the best part. So then you have this little clip of Venom wearing a Santa Claus hat. And he says, we know who's naughty, and we'll put him on ice. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not shout. We're telling you why. Venom Claus is coming <laughs> to town. I fucking Venom love Claus that. is coming to town. Incredible. Oh, ho, ho. Like, yes. Incredible. That, that was awesome. That um, is amazing. Yeah. I love it. Uh, there was another story called Companions, and it was Willie, Wee Willie Lumpkin, uh, Willie Lumpkin there, and this in this storyline, the clones were Aunt May's dead, so and Willie Lumpkin and her had a bond or whatever. So Willie Lumpkin's there, and he's visiting. Her, he's just sad and everything, and he's got these roses. And there's another lady visiting a grave too, and she's like, "I got nobody to talk to." And Willie Lumpkin's like, "I'm so alone on Christmas," and then his roses start to to. Uh, fly away here so he, he chases them and they f- f- end up in front of the lady and she's like oh what are you here yeah i lost somebody too and they're like hey let's have a conversation this you know like hey let's have coffee or whatever make good company so they're both alone on christmas and they found like companions that's cool so i thought that was pretty cool uh the next story really cool so you see a statue of liberty and you see uh the human torch and he he's uh so this one's called Merry Christmas, Mr. Storm. 
Um, so he shows up and Santa uh, and Spider-Man's there, and this is not the Ben Riley Spider-Man. This is the Peter Parker Spider-Man, and he's got the uh, a, a Santa with a, Spider-Man with a scarf, which I found <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I don't think it's going to do much difference, but they're exchanging gifts and everything. And at this point, uh, Human Torch is having a bad year. He's having a rough, rough time. Like he, you know, uh, um, he lo- he's oh, actually I'll actually say the line because I it, it was pretty awesome. So, let's see here. It was really good. Hold on. Sorry, guys. But you'll you'll appreciate this. So, all right, here he goes. He goes, he goes, uh, well, let's see here. I got arrested. My wife turned out to be a Skrull. She died. She came back and tried to kill me. She's (laughs) pregnant. She wasn't pregnant. I nearly burned a major major university to the ground. My brother-in-law died. My sister turned into a psycho. Oh, yeah, and the woman I taught I married is in love with my best friend. (laughs) He just lists all this thing. And basically, Peter Parker says, hey, man, you know, let's make this a Christmas tradition. Um, You know, here's this, you know, and he gives him, like, this uh oh actually I'm sorry he's about to show him who he is and Human Torch goes no you keep that secret to yourself I don't want to have that do you to you and then he, <laughs> Human Torch gives him a toy Venom oh that's awesome <laughs> he ge- he gives him a Venom toy and he goes if you push the button he says I want to eat your brains <laughs> and then yo like, and then that toy I have in the corner says that. That's the toy. Are you serious? That's, That's incredible. And then um, 95 set matches up, probably. They actually uh, came out in 1990. Oh, wow. So, yeah. They, they, that's weird. Five years later, they wow. reference that toy. And then he gives him, sorry, he gives a Statue of Liberty that has a phone number for him at the end. He goes, call me anytime, whatever. So, Spider-Man being a good friend to Human Torch. Well, circa a year later, you see Ben Riley Spider-Man. And he's looking at, and, and he's looking and he sees Human Torch sitting on the Statue of Liberty. He goes, "What are you doing?" He goes, "Waiting for you." He goes, "It's our Christmas tradition." He goes, "Oh, I'm not who you think I am." And this and that. And Human Torch goes, "Here, call me anytime." And he he keeps the gift that's given on giving him like a Fantastic Four card. And oh, that's cool. Because now he's having a rough year. Right, like, right. You know, giving this and and that's the last story. That's cool. I like that ending. Yeah, because because people don't realize the. The relationship that Human Torch and Spider Man had as as friends and stuff like I don't think there was they ever been able to do in the movies. It sucks. Yeah, I know. It it, it was very big thing in the nineties. Um, yeah, because Spider Man was essentially a Fantastic Four member. Technically, he was. Yes, he was. Time. And um, you know, he's had numerous encounters Paper with bag. him. Paper, yeah, Amazing Bagman was is a classic <laughs> example. Um, but the thing, yeah, Human Torch never knew Spider Man's identity. Probably till. Maybe till Civil War when yeah. when Tony Stark made him announce it, um, but you know they're best of friends in that. Even the first the, the Spider Man game on PS One, you know you could see their their relationship. Um, there was a one where uh, Spider Man and Human Torch went to go find Venom so they could fight Carnage, uh, and that was a cool dynamic to see the two of them teaming up to fight that to fight that. And yeah, it's 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 a really cool bond. And one of the most underrated friendships and bonds in comic book history is between Human Torch and Spider-Man. Yeah, so I, I thought that was a really cool story. I mean, all overall, the whole book was really neat. Um, so we'll kind of go. Yeah, that's a cool book. We'll go down to, well, I mean, just to recap, I really liked the Spider-Man and, you know, with the girl on the bridge and talking her down and fighting Shocker. It was a nice little fight. Uh, the Black Hat story was short but cool. Venom Claws is freaking awesome. <laughs> 
Uh, Willie Lumpkin's story was interesting, and I like the Spider-Man Human Torch story. So we'll start off with artwork. Um, it, it was definitely like a transitional artwork. Like, yeah. It, it read pretty well. It was like the first of that modern art. I really liked it. Like, I actually really like the artwork, so I'll give that a 10. All right. Action, you got a couple fights, but nothing too crazy. But still, you had some fun stuff. So I'll give Action an 8. Just can't give it a full 10 because there's a couple stories that had no action. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, storytelling told some really cool stories. Uh, I love the Venom story. That It really developed the Ben Riley Spider-Man. So, yeah. it, like, this was a one-shot, but yet, like... If you were reading Spider-Man books around that time, it furthered. It's continuous, yeah. yeah. So I'll give that a 10. thought that was really cool. Um, dialogue. Uh, the only thing with the dialogue is is I didn't get some of the Ben Raleigh stuff because I don't read all the books leading up to that, and it was supposed to be a one-shot. I mean, the Venom stuff was really funny this that, so I'll give dialogue an 8 as well. Okay. And rereadability, I would pick this up again. Uh, because it's it's freaking cool, uh, you know, and it's another once again like it, it could be a Christmas tradition. Here's yeah. the Spider-Man holiday special, so I'll give that a ten. Cool, forty-six out of fifty for that. Yeah, the Batman um, book was slightly better because I really connected with it and I knew where it was coming from. Right. So, but and I looked up Scorcher for you. He has had affiliations with the Masters of Evil, so I could see where that being an Avengers one. As well as uh, Sinister Six. No, Sinister Sixteen. Oh, he was the one of the first Agents of Shield villains in season one. Very short lived. Oh, uh, huh, when they were oh doing yeah. the um, oh yeah, the the procedures that I forget what it was, but it was similar to what Iron Man three. You know the the extremist. The extremist. Yeah, he was like the one of the first extremist villains. I thought. Oh, oh yeah. cool. Yeah, he's a he's a mini boss in Marvel Ultimate Alliance two. So that's kind of a cool little. Uh, tidbit there but yeah that's uh one of those obscure characters you never really think of like I'm, I'm sure i've seen him in that game and obviously i didn't realize him i will next time i play it but he's just such a minor villain like throwaway villain so that was that was cool to see him in that book yeah so it was a fun one good 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 all right greg take us home great lakes christmas so this is the great lakes avengers christmas from 2006 um it's yeah. Let's let's just read this. It's fun. <laughs> so the opening, I, I'm gonna read the opening, just the opening line, uh, the opening dialogue because it's great. It's just a picture of Squirrel Girl, and she's standing in like front of a a stage with a couple comic book covers, and she says, "Happy holidays, Squirrel Girl here, and this is my girl Squirrel Tippy Toe. We just wanted to welcome you to the Great Lakes Xmas special and warn you about some stuff on the inside." like violence, suicide, and an inappropriate use of the word flock. <laughs> if you think you might be offended by any of that, Marvel is also putting out a Punisher Xmas special. So there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, if you think you're going to be offended by this violence in this book, go read Punisher. <laughs> that, that's great. <laughs> Super good. Um, and then she talks about how, uh, you know, they got these sweet leather costumes from the episode before, but they were... To, um, made by their arch nemesis Leather Boy, so they decided not to wear them. And then Doorman comes in and goes, "Hey, we're almost ready for the party. Go get us some eggnog and toilet paper." So she gets ready and she leaves, and she has this scarf that Flatman made her. That is, it's a scarf of him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just him as a scarf. Um, and she gets in this new chopper she got from 
Bertha and flies off. Um, as she's flying, there's this fight going on, and Dum Dum Duggan is actually with Agents of Shield fighting Modok. That's and cool. He sees um, he sees Squirrel Girl, and she drops down and goes, "Oh, I know who you are. I have all of your Iron Man versus series battle cards. Your your defense is a stat of eight. Did you know that? Mine's a stat of six. And he's just like, "Uh oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's like, "But we really need your help." Like, Modok's attacking. We, can you help us? So she throws Tippy Toe at Modok, and he, like, starts, she starts scratching at his face. <laughs> and this panel is great. It's just Modok trying to grab Tippy Toe, and he's like, Curses, arms too tiny, head too big, get it off, extend the weapons, and he can't reach Tippy Toe on head his Head too nose. big. <laughs> so Squirrel Girl hops into uh, action and starts attacking Modok and ripping his, his wires out. And Tippy Toe hops inside and starts chewing on the wires, and <laughs> his battle chair life support starts failing, and his colostomy bag starts leaking into his mem- backup memory. Oh no! And they beat Modok, <laughs> so Squirrel Girl single-handedly takes down Modok, and they go, they show like Squirrel Girl, you've been just doing everything, like you single-handedly took down the Mandarin, Doctor Doom, and Giganto by yourself. <laughs> And so we'd like to deputize you as a full-fledged agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And she goes, no, sorry, I'm a Great Lakes Avenger. Uh, and she shows back up. She's like, got the eggnag. Bow, but I forgot the toilet paper. So she runs out. And as this is happening, a ship crashes. And there's Thanos with the Pyromatrix trying to take the life force from everyone on Earth. And she charges in by herself at Thanos. And then it cuts over to a new comic book. Uh, <laughs> and it's the days of... Xmas past, and it's just Mr. Immortal like being super depressed, and there's just like a wall of everyone that's died that he survived. <laughs> is there any like nice Easter eggs with that? Or? Uh, all they really show is dinosaur and one other character that I can't figure out. Um, you can't really tell who it is otherwise. And they get <laughs> they get a message from Doctor Tannenbaum, the Yuletide terrorist, that he's <laughs> going to destroy. Um, Xmas again. So they go down to where he is, and they're all at this Christmas tree store where uh, Dr. Yuletide or Dr. Tannenbaum has turned all the the Christmas trees into real living monsters and tells them he's decking the halls with balls of horror. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. So he starts fighting the, the Christmas trees. And as this is happening, all of a sudden Tannenbaum starts throwing um, wreaths at everybody, and the wreath starts actually like choking a mortal man to death. Um, and he's just like, "Man, I hate Christmas." And it shows like his memories um, of Terry, Terry, um, his his ex girlfriend who died, and then Dinosaur actually shows up, and he gives Dinosaur a whistle because he pictures a secret Santa. This is in the past. Um, and she, her secret Santa gift to him is that she's only allowed to connect with one human to communicate, and he's the per- person she picks. Um, so he can actually hear her voice. And it just cuts through a couple of Christmases, and, like, they've slowly become, like, really good friends. And, like, he starts to – he's, like, explaining different, like, things to her and, like, how, like, Rud- who Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is. And then it cuts over to – them actually like 
Flatman reaches his head in looking for Mr. Immortal and he catches Mr. Immortal and um, Dinosaur apparently sleeping together because <laughs> you just see Mr. Immortal run out and like putting his clothes back on. What the hell? <laughs> yeah. And Flatman's <laughs> like, I didn't need to see that. Oh, and they no. start fighting this giant robot as it happens. Um, Mr. Immortal gets skewered by three candy canes and dies and then comes back to life. And starts again fighting these Christmas trees. As it happens, he gets knocked because it comes back to regular time and he wakes up, pulls the wreath off his throat, and he gets knocked by one of the Christmas trees into this house. And the house and the Christmas tree inside the house is alive, but it can't move because it's covered in decorations. So he runs out and he's like, all right, everybody, we need to deck the trees (laughs) or cover the trees in decorations so they can't attack. And Doorman's like, you heard trim like you've never heard before, trimmed before. So they're like decorating all these trees. <laughs> and then and then um, Dr. Tannenbaum is about to attack him. And they're flocking the trees with like the snow. And Mr. Immortal yells, flock you, and shoots him with the flock. <laughs> and it, it goes back. Um, now it cuts back to Squirrel Girl for a couple of seconds. It's still the same story. And there she is, standing over Thanos. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> and Uatu the Watcher is telling her, like, um, you beat the one true Thanos. This isn't a clone, a robot, or a simulacrum. I can't believe it. I wish I could have helped, but because I'm a Watcher, I can't interfere. And he's just, like, knocked out cold with his butt up in the air. <laughs> And they're like, this must have been the greatest victory the Great Lakes Avengers has ever experienced fighting the trees. And there's, like, Squirrel Girl just wiping her hands of Thanos. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then he gets, uh, Mr. Immortal gets kissed by the the Christmas tree salesman girl. He's getting around. Yeah, and then he goes back to Dinosaur and gives her the whistle, or starts playing the whistle. Um. Here's an, this is the second or the third story is Grasshopper and getting off on the right foot. <laughs> By the way, he's got the best, like like shortest lifespan ever. Like it was like the first Great Lakes Avenger book. He goes, "Hey, I'm Grasshopper," and he dies. <laughs> so, <laughs> so at Grasshopper, uh, this is the Grasshopper story. He is actually there. Um, fighting, I can't figure out who it's supposed to be. I think it's Doctor Light. It'll, I'll tell, or not Doctor Light. That's that's DC. They'll tell me he's like he's at Roxxon, and Grasshopper is there, and it's like, who's this Iron Man wannabe? Uh, and he, oh, Killer Shrike, that's who it is. And Grasshopper's hopping all over, and he goes, I've got two words for you, Killer Shrike. Happy Hanukkah, <laughs> and he kicks him. And he goes, All right, I give. Uh, and they, they take down Killer Shrike, and there he is. And Dr. Shelton, Cindy Shelton, comes up to Grasshopper um, and says, oh, there's something different about you. And he goes, probably because I'm a different Grasshopper. The last one, Doug, Tar- uh, Doug Taggart, died last summer. And you don't know, Sin, but I'm secretly your long-lost brother. And then she starts hitting on him and goes, well, if you're not doing anything, then he goes, sorry, got to go. Suit initiate maximum jump and jumps off into the sky. Um and then it's just this little thing, and you just see him flying up in the sky, and then it cuts over to a new story. Uh, and it's Doorman talking about how he has to go see his dad. Uh, 
and his dad's kind of a jerk from what you can tell. He turns back into his normal form and he walks in. Um, and the first line is kind of important. He says, it's me, sir. Went crazy with the lights again, huh? And his, him and his dad are just sitting there talking. And his dad's just basically like berating him for like wasting his college life and just being a superhero and telling him like, why are you doing that? Like, it's just pointless. Like, like you could have been, you could be something so much more like what you're doing doesn't even matter. And his, his dad's like, we sacrificed a lot to give you a leg up. And all you are is just this, the, of the doorman. Like there's stupid power. <laughs> so he was a different superhero. He says, there's stupid power, son. All the heroes have better powers than you. Even the guy that talks to fish. <laughs> But there's only one Demar Davis, and you're throwing his life away. So he gets mad, and like he walks to the bathroom, and he goes, "I don't want to tell my dad that I do have a new job. Um, I actually died, and now I'm the angel of death." And so he's got to go around and like collect people, and he's got like these like like the Silver Server. He's got like cosmic seas skis. He rides places that collect people, and like he finds a guy that committed suicide. He's like, "I didn't know what to do this holiday season. Just gets so lonely." Um, and then another guy was drunk driving and he grabs him. And then, like you said, that it was the first, the first time I used my suit and did the maximum jump and it launched me into outer space and I died and grasshoppers dead in outer space. (laughs) The doorman leads him to the other side. Uh, you said it. I was trying not to spoil it yet. Well, in the first, it's a non-Christmas book, like the first Great Lakes Avengers. Yeah, he's like, "Hey, I'm Grasshopper," and he dies. And now the second Grasshopper's <laughs> already dead. Um, and Santa runs into him, and and they they they're talking. He's like, "Is there anything you can do for my dad?" And Santa's like, "Nope, sorry, busiest time of the year." Uh, and Doorman, as the Angel of Death, says, "Yeah, same here." So he gets back. Um, his dad's looking for him, and he's outside. He goes, "Oh, you're taking off on some you you taking off some superhero. One talk with your old man. One talk about what you're doing with your life." And you turn, and he goes, "Dad, my life's over. I turned into the angel of death." And he goes, "And I'm here for you." And he goes, "What?" And he go and he points over, and his dad actually died falling off the roof, putting up the Christmas lights, and that was the whole reason he was there to see him in the first place, is because he was dead. <laughs> and so he goes. Come on, take my hand at time. And th- now the dad goes, Angel of Death, really? Wait till I tell your parents on the or your relatives on the other side. Because my boy's an angel of death. Now that's something. Like he's finally proud of him. <laughs> he goes, What does this pay? And he's like, Can it, Dad? <laughs> now <laughs> another so it starts another story. Uh Death Urge is now a squirrel. <laughs> And he was turned into a squirrel uh, by one of the dark... Oh, man, I can't think of who this is. Uh, oh, Oblivion. He was turned in... Oblivion, Lord of Darkness, turned Death Urge into a squirrel for failing him. So, because he failed to kill Squirrel Girl, he now has to kill Tippy Toe. And it's very, like, Tom and Jerry-style artwork. Tippy Toe. And he's like, um, you, have in, you have until Christmas, Christmas night, so you have eight minutes to kill Tippy Toe. So he sets up like this elaborate plan. Uh, oh, meanwhile, Terax is on a rampage. So Dum Dum Duggan calls Squirrel Girl to take down Terax now because she's just racking up all the names in this book. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so she puts on her flat man scarf and leaves. And Tippy Toe um, sees a cord and walks in and sees all of these acorns in a room full, of, like set with traps. And Death Urge plugs it in. And as he goes to plug it in, um, a mortal man chases her off. And he gets shot with an arrow, blown up with a bomb, shot with a shotgun, and just he steps, on, <laughs> steps on a bear trap. He's got a snake around his throat. He's lit on fire. He's got tiny sharks on him. He's got a dart in him. It's a spear through his stomach. What does this visual look like? Let me see. It's, it's oh, like, my Lord. It's straight up like Looney Tunes, like Tom and Jerry cartoon. Oh. Like, it's so good. And he's just running through that. I pop for Tippy Toe being a black squirrel. Oh, no, that's Death Urge. Oh, that's de- oh okay. Like, because, like, uh, black squirrels were in Niagara Falls. And yeah, oh, yeah. You can true. only find them in what year? That's Western true. Nowhere else in Western New York. So he's got one minute left, and there's only one There's one trap. And as she goes to pull the nut, the crossbow goes to fire, and it hits midnight, and the cuckoo clock comes out, and the crossbow bolt hits the cuckoo clock. <laughs> And uh, saves Tippy Toe, and there's like he like the expletives come across the screen. Uh, so Death Urge is now stuck as a squirrel, and Tippy Toe offers <laughs> him a peace offering, which is a an, an acorn that sells a string on, and she lights it on fire. <laughs> Cuts over to one last thing, and Squirrel Girl's back, and they're like, "What kept you?" She's like, "Oh, same old, same old." Uh, doorman gives her a gift. Which now she's got a flat man scarf and a doorman hat. So she's just looking like all the other heroes. And they're like, they go, Great Lakesers, look, the Christmas star. And everyone goes, whoa. And doorman goes, oh, my death senses are tingling. And it's just like Spidey, Spidey senses, except half of his face is a skull. He goes, that's no Christmas star. And it's Grasshopper entering back into the atmosphere. <laughs> I, I have to see this because I... <laughs> You swipe over, it's his body just. <laughs> he reminds me of the tick side. It, yes, Arthur. Yeah, yeah. it totally. I think they totally did. So he's just falling, and and Dorman goes, "You know what? I'm not gonna tell them. It's Christmas." And Squirrel Girl breaks the phone door and goes, "Well, that's it for now. Thanks for stopping by. See you in in the new year." And like, it's just all of them and Death Urge, and I think it's the Fantastic Car in the background. And Santa is sitting there, and the uh, the watcher is saying, "Oh no, that's Dum Dum Duggan." And the watcher is sitting there, all just waving goodbye. And then you can make your very own, um, very own Flatman figure. And there's just a piece of paper <laughs> to cut out Flatman. And there's it's Tippy Toe going. Remember, always get permission before using or from your parents before using scissors. And Immortal Man just has a giant set of scissors through his chest. <laughs> That's my whole book. <laughs> One of my saddest things about them not, you know, the New Warriors show not being produced was Mr. Mortal was going to be in there. Oh, I know. And I was like, oh. And Squirrel Girl. Yeah, and Squirrel Girl. But like, this was a good book. <laughs> There's a lot to it, too, man. That's yeah, a great oh yeah. book. And they did it really. So so I'll hop into it. Art, Art-wise, art's probably going to be the lowest score. Okay. Um, just because there was a couple different art styles, and some of them I really liked, and some I didn't. So art's going to be a seven, which isn't a super low score, but it's the lowest score. All right. Action. There's a ton of action. A lot of weird action, but a ton of action. This, the fighting with the, the trees, the fighting of Thanos and, and Modoc and all these. I'm going to give the action an eight. Very good. Story. So they did a really good job here at telling 
like six different episodic stories that seem totally random, but they tie together really well. I'm actually gonna give the story a ten. They did a really good job at like telling like a bunch of weird, goofy, totally outlandish stories that still somehow told a good overarching story. Um, dialogue, I'm gonna give an eight. Okay. Dialogue was really well done. It was a really funny book. Um, they did cheesy humor when they, excuse me, cheesy humor when they needed to, and well thought humor when they needed to as well. It was it was really well done. Um, I'm already on rereadability, huh? Yeah. I think it's a rereadability of 10. <laughs> this is hilarious. And I want to read more Great Lakes stuff now. I haven't read the other issues. Um, so I, at least the recent stuff. Yeah, it's definitely a, a humorous take on it all, which I, I, I can't appreciate. And so there's a lot I, to it, too, so I can see why you would want to reread Yeah, that. I definitely, I definitely really like this. It was a lot of fun. It was really goofy. Uh, yeah, this was a fun book. I, I enjoyed this a lot. It, but it did a good job. Not only was it like it was dark as well as humorous, though. It right. definitely was. Okay. It did a good job. Very good. Forty-three out of fifty. That's yeah. your score. We had a lot of. Did we have? We only had. A, we most of our books were above forty today. Except awesome. uh, that first one I did. Yeah. So wow. that's that's a good day. That's a good day. Go check those books out. Um, anything you guys want to say to close the show? I do. I'm going to take a serious note real quick. Uh, I, I made a post about it today on my Facebook as well, so I think it's just important because it was mentioned in two of our books, three of our books, that it is the holidays. Yes. It is tough for a lot of people. Uh, it, it, our books made light of it. It was fun. It was goofy. But just remember, you don't know what people are going through. You never know what people are struggling with. Um, so definitely just love each other. Do what you got to do. Know that there's people that feel alone like be be something special to someone not just around christmas either because you never know and like again i know our books made light of it and it was funny like oh that he saved that guy from committing suicide or like the and spider-man took a more serious take on it but it definitely is something that happens and you can tell because it was in two completely different comic books right so to take a I do this a lot. I take a personal stance on our show, but I don't mind. No, uh, go ahead. Go ahead, dude. Definitely, definitely anyone you come in contact with, just you never know who's doing, going through what, not just on the holidays, but all, all through the time. So definitely something I, worth mentioning. No, I, I, that's a very appropriate. Um, cause some people do forget that during the holidays, you know. Um, some people, they, you know, yeah, they don't get to see their family, like uh, yep. Ben Riley. Yeah, you know what I mean? Which is, it, it's sad. It really does happen. There, there was a lot of deep stories in there. I oh, mean, yeah. Even like Commissioner Gordon and Batman having that coffee on New yep. Year's Eve. Like, you know, it's like they actually get a time to slow down. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man and, and, and Human Torch even did it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's like, make, this is tough. Like, like some people reflecting on the new year. It isn't a good thing. <laughs> like, it isn't always a good thing to reflect. No. For a lot of people. So, yeah. It's cool. And just. Be close to the people around you and, and appreciate your loved out. ones and reach out to them. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it's, you know, just be married. It, it shouldn't be about presence. It should be about, you know, presence, having, not presence. Uh, yes. Having a good time and just, you know, good point. have a good time with people and this and that, you yeah. know, so. Very good. Yeah. I do appreciate you guys. I want you to know that. Appreciate you guys um, as well. I, I, Prince I, as well, our producer. The uh, Prince, Prince the podcast sing pooch. Um, this has been a fun year. Yeah, you know what I mean. And we've only been doing this show for what four months now, a little over four 16, months. Sixteen. This is episode what seventeen? I think so. So four so months. That's crazy. Um, 
And we have so much more in store for you guys, not just us as a show, um, but our network as a whole. We want to yeah. do more. Um, we're we're in group talks now, and, and we're trying to do more media stuff. we got so much going on, and uh, it's going to be a fun ride, boys, and this is just the beginning. So um, he's going to get his jingle, his hat on. Bernard has to put his hat back on. <laughs> so good. Chris, do you want to say anything, bud? Uh, no, I just, like I said, happy holidays to everybody out there. Yeah. Like, enjoy this episode. Whether you celebrate Christmas, you don't, whatever. I mean, this was... Whatever holiday you celebrate. There was a lot of Hanukkah nods. Yeah. <laughs> Hanukkah, just enjoy Kwanzaa, this. Drink and, some eggnog, you know, Festivus. Yeah. Whatever, whatever, you, whatever you celebrate, the winter solstice. I'm going, to a, for I'm going to a winter solstice party tomorrow. Oh, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, pretty so cool. That's, that's, pretty, cool. that's pretty neat. That's pretty cool. Yeah. We need to get a poll for Saturday. I just remembered. Yes. Oh boy. <laughs> airing of airing of the grievance. <laughs> That's all we do. <laughs> yes, we do. All right, everybody. On that note, thank you so much for tuning in to the panel discussion. Enjoy your Christmas holiday. We'll be back next week. Regular schedule now. Uh, regular books. Uh, no special editions for quite some time. So, yeah, enjoy the time with your families, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Later. Later.